My name's Shaquan, but a lot of people know me by my other name, Mad Skills. I'm an MC. My name is Mad Skills. Now let's make some noise. I'm a DJ. Oh, yeah. I'm a ghostwriter for some of your favorite rappers. I'm not about to tell you who, though. But most importantly, I'm a hip-hop enthusiast. Hip-hop confessions is raw, unfiltered conversations with my friends revealing things that they didn't like, never knew about, I don't know, or never got into about hip-hop culture. So sit back. Oh, come on, y'all. Turn up the volume. Hip-hop. And listen to hip-hop confessions. Because everybody's got one. Here's a little story that must be told. And it goes a little something like this. this, this, this. What's up, y'all? This is your boy, Mad Skills. We are back. This is my podcast, Hip Hop Confessions, where I bring in my friends and industry veterans alike, and I have them reveal something music-related or hip-hop-related that they've never told anybody ever in life. This is called Hip Hop Confessions. And today, I am excited. I have a, a good friend of mine. I haven't seen her in a while, so it's so good to just chop it up with her. Um, she's a a writer, a journalist, a TV producer, personality. She's done it all. Um, she has a book out, put a book out, and she was the editor for, for a time over at what most people will consider the hip-hop Bible magazine publication, The Source Magazine. Ladies and gentlemen, Kim Osario in the building on Hip Hop Confessions. What's up, love? That's a floor for myself. No, the applause is in there. You you just didn't oh, hear it today, but it's in there. I just it's finished giving you like a, an hour pre lecture on production, <laughs> and I and I didn't know the sound effects are actually yeah. already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna add in the laugh over. tracks later. All of it. All of it. <laughs> we start over. Hi, hi, skills. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? It's I, good to see you. It's good to see you as well. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen you in in some years. It's but been you're a still, minute. Yeah, yeah, you still look good. Uh, Thank you. I see your, I see your name. That's all that matters for women. It's a horrible <laughs> thing. It's a horrible thing for women in hip hop, right? right? Like, cause it's like if we could do this whole thing. That's why I don't want to change my angle. Cause we you could do, do this whole thing, and it. if I have a bad angle, they catch the bad angle <laughs> that goes viral. Forget about everything that I said. Listen, I'm a, I'm gonna make sure all your angles are good. Mm-hmm. If if, if all your angles ain't good, then this just gonna be audio only. That's how much respect <laughs> I got for you. Thank you, I appreciate that. But but you look amazing, and and how Thank have you, you been? I've been good. I've good. been through some shit, but yeah. I've been good. Yeah, I haven't we all? I mean, you know, every now and then I, I I'll be watching a show here or there. You know, mm. could be you know reality TV or just regular TV, and I I just mm-hmm. see your name pop up in the credits, and I'm like Kim. Kim's still out here working, man. She's doing what I'm she still do. still here. Survival. Yeah. yeah. That's what you got to do here. You just got to keep going. You can't stay somewhere too long yeah. in this industry. Which, yeah. You yeah, got to keep it moving. True. You got to figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, I've and been I'm doing reality. Have. Yeah, it's, it's I have, I have. I, I haven't been, um, you know, a lot of people know I do a lot of show running for mm-hmm. in the reality genre. I haven't done a lot of it. Lately, I've been home working mm-hmm. and consulting on different things, and it's been amazing. Cause you know those shows can be really toxic. Right. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. You get yeah. on set, you forget that you're in charge. The people start testing you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, crazy. hold on, hold on. I'm in charge. She's like, stop shooting. <laughs> Everyone, stop. I actually right. had a scene where a cast member told me, um, "No, come here right now." Tell me what you told me, da, 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 what you said before. And then she said, point the camera at her. 
and the cameraman forgot. They forgot who they worked for. They point the camera at me. I said, uh, uh, hold on a second. Wow. Shut the camera off. Let's start. I'm going to walk out, and I'm going to remind you who's on the show, and I had to walk out of the scene. Like, they, they'll they test you. crazy. Oh, it's a lot of crazy stories. That, you know, I know. This is yeah. hip-hop confessions. Yeah. Let me know when we get to reality show confessions. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother show. Whole nother show. Well, well, listen, you were, you know, you started as a writer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, where, where did your love of writing come from? When did you realize that, like, hey, I, I can... I can do this writing thing because I write raps, but if I actually had to write something and make it grammatically correct and make people be able to understand it, that's a totally separate skill set. So when did you realize that you had a love for writing? Probably in the mid nineties. I mm -hmm. always had a love for hip hop. I grew up on hip hop. Everyone knows like I grew up in the Bronx. Oh, people that know me know I grew up in the Bronx, you know, at a time. BX. Yeah. Castle birthplace. Hill. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The birthplace. Yeah, do you really know about Castle Hill? I, I don't know much, but I know I know the BX is the birthplace. It is. Castle Hill's is, you know, people who under, who know a little bit about my neighborhood understand what type of neighborhood that that is. So mm -hmm. it was not easy, you know. Um, I thought I was in the middle class neighborhood because I wasn't in the South Bronx, but you know, I have since abandoned that thought. As right. I have gotten out into the world and gone right. back to Castle Hill, like, oh, okay, they still shooting people up here. Right. So, you know, um, you know, I came up at a time where hip hop was just coming of age. Mm -hmm. And it was just a part, it was just something I always, you know, loved and it was a part of me. And I knew when I went to college that I wanted to work in music. I didn't know what Fordham, I wanted to right? do. Oh, you did your homework. I always do my homework. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> I always do my homework. Don't let me start talking about the Gemini energy. I get it. I listen, get it. I get listen, it. It's, it's, I get it's it. heavy in the room. It's heavy in the it. room. I get it. I get it. It's always it's always with me. I but went so, to so mid mm -hmm. mid nineties you you started to realize that you had an affinity for writing and you, you ended up no. writing about hip hop. Well, yes. Well, I it was hip hop. I wanted to work in the music industry. I didn't know mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. I was right. always a writer. After Fordham, I went to law school. And in law school, you learn how to write a specific right. way. Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, for me, I didn't know. My success was going to be a lawyer or a doctor. Right? I came up in a household that my parents didn't even barely... My father never graduated the eighth grade. You know? Mm -hmm. My mom didn't go to college. So, it was right. like, oh, she's going to college. The next step is, like, law school. You're going to mm -hmm. either be a lawyer or a doctor. Because we don't really know what other careers are out there. <laughs> You know, they right. didn't know how to nurture a writer, right? right? But I always loved stories. I loved telling stories. Mm -hmm. I love storytelling rap. Like mm -hmm. one of my favorite MCs coming up was Slick Rick. Mm -hmm. And now I understand why, right? Because right. I used to love to hear stories Hang on every and every word, records. yeah. Right. And so as I was trying to figure out where I would fit in in the industry... I eventually fell upon my writing craft because people are like, mm. you, you know, you have something to say. Right. And so, I, you know, I started freelancing and took it from you there. Got it I, just, I got a crack. I started meeting people. I was in New York. Mm -hmm. I was in the clubs, you know, I was hanging out. I was going, you know, you know, in New York at that time, every night except the weekend, the weekend was for your family. Right. Every right. night the there was an was, event. Yeah. 
popping. Right. You know, you know, to go to Club New York on Sundays, you mm-hmm. know, to go, you the know, tunnel. to Club Envy, you know, to go Envy. to the tunnel. Yeah. Right. So you know where to be if you want to be Wednesdays. in the mix. Exactly. Yeah. Mad Wednesdays. Yep. Yeah. Nah, definitely. I, I've been through That might have been before my time. Mad Wednesdays? That might, that might have been before I could get in the clubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But for sure. So... So, you know, for you, you ended up, you know, I want to start at the beginning, but I'm definitely going to, you know, talk about the ending. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you ended up being the editor for what many consider the, the hip hop Bible, like the Source magazine. Mm-hmm. We we didn't have anything like that. It was basically mm-hmm. the Rolling Stone of hip hop and it meant everything to the hip hop culture. Um, I ended up in it. A couple times, but the first. Hold on, skills. I gotta interrupt you before we get to the source. You know, I saw you freestyling on the block once in front of one of those clubs. Really? <laughs> yes. In New York. In New York, about ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, that sounds like with dreads. Yeah. With yeah. dreads, right? Yeah, that yeah. was you. That yeah. was you, because I remember who was I with? Oh man, I just remember. That's the first time I heard about you. Really? Because you was, yes, this was early, early. And you was with dreads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was down here. It was like down here. They was long. My and was they long. were like, who's that? It was outside of a club. It was a party. My memory is like as I get older. But they were like mad skills. Oh, he's mm-hmm. nice. You were just, you going in. Wow. Wait, can we Thank put the applause track there? Yes, yes. The there. <laughs> I, I do, you know, I do remember I, I had a I had a manager that was from Long Island. So he, mm-hmm. he had, you know, his mom and everybody still lived in Brentwood. So we would mm-hmm. go up during the summers, crash out at his mom's crib during the days and, you know, go into the city at night. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we couldn't get in, we was outside handing out flyers. You were in front of the door. Yeah. That sounds, freestyling. That sounds like it was about right. Yeah. A yeah. crowd around you. So you knew, you heard about me before the source. Absolutely. Damn, oh, you ain't I, think I knew. I felt I felt like, you know what I mean? Like I felt like that that's a big deal. And and to be from Virginia and somebody Wait, know why your is name that a in big New deal? York, but everyone you, had known your name that knew what they was talking about in hip hop at that time. Right? I mean, so like yeah, you were I pointed like, out to me as like that's, that's mad dope. skills. You never heard of him? That's dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, early. No, man, that's super dope. Early mm-hmm. '90s, man. You know, I was running around with Q-Tip at that time. You know, mm-hmm. and that was that was Tribe's. You know, heyday. I remember. You know yep. what I mean? So, and and, and it's funny. I have it's funny because speaking of the source, I have a funny memory about uh, Tribe and the source. Uh, I remember hanging out with Q-Tip. Me and Q-Tip had became friends. He took me mm-hmm. up to Stretch and Bobito, mm-hmm. and um, I was in New York. Uh, living in New York and he would come scoop me up and you know I'm mm-hmm. I'm around large professor and you know what I'm saying a lot of these other people and um I remember right before Midnight Marauders came out when they had the tribe cover with Fife mm-hmm. uh, Ali and and Tip and it was the green background right um and Tribe Called Quest was on the cover Midnight Marauders was about to drop I think a war tour was out and it was it was a story, and they were talking about it, and, and it was so descriptive. I I, I remember it. I remember saying they, they the story read like uh you know Q Tip lives on a suburban line street, 
you know, in, in Queens Boulevard, he shared, he used to share a room with his sister. And when you go up the <laughs> right steps into his room, there's a couple records and there's some posters on the wall of like Miles David. And I'm sitting there going, I've been there. Like I've been in, the, <laughs> I've been in this house. I've been in, like, I've been in Q-Tip's house. I know exactly what this means. So to, for, to read those words, but know what I knew, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm a person who's been to Q-Tip's house. It's not a lot of outside of Fife, Consequence, you know what I mean, fam. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, I'm a cat from Virginia and I'm reading the Source magazine and they're talking about what Q-Tip looks, house looks like. Right. And I know it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can see it. So visually being able to read, like you said, storytelling, being able to read words and automatically take yourself back to the to that moment. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I still, I think I still got that saved. Like that 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 PDF saved in, in a, on a hard drive just because I just like looking at it. You know what I mean? Like when I think about those early days. And so, that was around the same time that I, I got in. Like the, the Midnight Marauders album release party was the first album, official album release party that I went to. You were there? I was there. Yeah, so I was, was there. I. Lytro, I remember Lytro. Uh, Lytro was like, yeah, come up. I remember mm-hmm. Souls of Mischief was there, you know, and it was a big deal about everybody that was on the album cover with the headphones. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was your first party as an employee of The Source. No, no, no. I was. This is years before I got to The Source. It took okay. me a decade to get there. Wow. You understand? Because I was writing. I was working at companies. I was doing different things. And... The reason why I had gotten into that album release party was because I had become an in. I was still in college. I become an intern okay, at you. BMG Distribution, got in you. the National Distribution For Department, Jive, right? And all those right. other companies. Yeah. And on that floor where I was interning, there wasn't any hip hop executives. It was very, you know, the the color was, you know, right. it was very white. Right. So, um, you know, there was when the hip hop albums would come in, they'd be like, "Hey, you want this? Here's here's a here's a new Jive release by uh, Tribe Called Quest. You like Tribe? You want this?" And they right. would give it to me. And so the album release party came around, and none of the execs were gonna go, and they were like, "Hey, you want to go to the you album release go? party?" I'm like, "Absolutely, of course." It's right. Tribe Called Quest. So Absolutely. Tribe Called Quest is is is. One of my favorite groups of all time, if okay. not the my favorite hip hop group of all time. Got you. And yeah, I've I mean, said that to Q-Tip, so I don't think he believes me when I say it. I'd be yeah. like, "You my favorite group of these." Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But right. Tribe for sure. Tribe, yeah. Wu Tang, and now the Locks. Got you. Got you. Mm-hmm. I mean, three groundbreaking New mm-hmm. York artists. Mm-hmm. You know I had I mean? to put the Locks in there after verses. Yeah. I said, "Oh, I got to start saying Locks." I got to yeah, start saying, saying after more. Yeah. I, 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 I got to. So you were interning at BMG. Mm-hmm. How long were you there? About two years. Okay. But you knew because you Because they gave do... me a job. They gave me a job, like a temp job, like in different departments. So I was there for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So. And profile. I went to profile. Oh, I wow. interned at profile. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, See, this you, is stuff I really don't teeth. talk about. Oh, yeah. I was trying to figure it out. Right. I was like, where I want to be? Because after BMG, I was like, this ain't hot enough for me. Like, ain't no rap in here. What's going on? Right? I need to, I need to be at the, the core. I need to be where it's popping at. Right. And that BMG was very corporate for me. Because I wasn't mm-hmm. on the bad boy floor when they were. This is when bad boy was just 
you know, getting its deal with mm -hmm. Arista. Right. And I wasn't on the loud floor when they were one office in that 1540 building. I basically right. worked at that building when it went up. Like I started working at BMG Distribution when it was 1133 Avenue of the Americas. And then I eventually that building. Yes. they put 1540 up and I started working there. But after that, I, I had gotten an internship at Profile because I was like, what, I'm not learning what I need to learn. Mm -hmm. And I went to work in the publicity department at Profile. And nobody ever came to work. <laughs> I never saw an employee at Profile for my three months. Are you serious? The person I was interning for, she was pregnant. So she was on maternity leave, gotcha. right? Right. And she, all she had me doing, you know, it, it was hard to learn because she wasn't there and no one else was there. So all she really had me doing was, you know, cutting out the clips from the magazines. And that kind of taught me a lot about publicity, just because mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I've, I had never heard of half of those publications before. Right. right. So I was putting press. I, I put the press release or the press packet together for like, I think it was Run DMC when they had Down with the Kink. What year was that? 93. Yeah, 93. That's when I worked mm -hmm. at Profile. So I was like, you know, reading all of the press around that release. Wow. And so, yeah. Like Onyx, I think Onyx was on the label. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. Right? So. Right under the jam message. Yeah, yeah. And they had dreads too. Everybody had, everybody had dreads. Onyx had dreads? <laughs> I think so. Damn, it didn't. Damn. <laughs> I, I could never picture that. I want to see one of those pictures. Somebody needs to Google that make sure I know what I'm talking about. Because I'm like, That's... wait. I think, yeah, I feel like, was it Onyx? Yeah, it was Onyx. Onyx was okay. on profile. I remember Maybe under a different DMC, name. Special Ed. Uh, well, you know. well, Special Ed wasn't um, out at that time. So yeah, I just remember. Him by then. I just remember it was, there was a focus was putting together press packets for like Run DMC and, you know, who else? Who else was on it? You know who had an office? Flex had an office, a profile, but I didn't know him at really? the time. Flex. Wow. I never yeah. saw anybody come into the office. Right. <laughs> so it was that type of that type of business. No wonder profile went under. <laughs> no, but you know what it is? Probably they probably came in late. I used to hear that Flex used to come in like at 7 p.m. or something. Yeah. And I was a then. student. So I yeah. would come in, you know, three days a week and work from like, you know, 10 to 2 and then go to class. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, there was definitely some, I, I, I'm exaggerating. You know, I'm exaggerating, right? I'm a storyteller. I got to tell something. Yeah. I get it. Was, it. It was, it was, a, it was, a, there was, might've been a one person in there or not, but right. the feeling that you expect at a label, I didn't feel that at profile. Right. So eventually I was like, I gotta, I gotta figure something else out. So what was after that? I went to Muse. You was all over the place. Do you know what Muse is? No. Okay. Muse was a company. Now this company was extremely important in my career, but at the time it had no clout. So I hated it. Right. I worked there from 1994 to 1999. And in that time, all I wanted to do was get to the source or vibe or XXL, right? Right. But I was at a music software company. They provided the data that went into the record stores when you could sell records. Mm. And I was really the only hip hop person there. Gotcha. So what I did in those years, right? When the CDs came in, I took everything that was on the liner notes and I entered it into their database. 
which was later sold to Amazon. So wow. occasionally, right? Because they see were your up shit on, on Amazon. Right. Occasionally, I look, I look, read a Mob Deep review, and I'm like, "That sounds That's like me. me." Right. But I, you know, I wasn't getting bylines at the time. Right. But I was entering all of. I have all this random information on albums from '94 to '99 because I was there wasn't people that were into hip hop like I am. Right. There. So when right. the hip hop came through, they would just give me all those records and say, "Okay, you, this." You know, this is your batch to enter into the system. Mm-hmm. and Because you remember you go in Tower Records and you go yeah. and you be like, what's the name of that song? And you type it in and then yeah. the, and the, come the up. liner notes came up. Yeah. And I was entering all wow. the liner notes. And, I remember those so that, days, yeah. Sam that's Goody, why. All of that. Yeah. Let me tell you, this is how I got into understanding samples, right? Because I would, I would enter, you know, um, this song. You know, drink away the pain contains a sample of the headhunters, right? Right. So for me, I would look, I would type in the name because the database had all the music that was out. Mm-hmm. I would type in the original artist and I would do my research because I had all day. I was working there from nine to five, right? just entering information. So I had a right. database of music information. So I would, you know, like, and then like certain you know, uh, songs had live instrumentation. So then I would Mm -hmm. go back and do research on that. So Mm -hmm. it it was musically very technical for me to be in that position and and learn the things that I was learning about music. That's crazy. It's kind of boring though, right? Yeah, it sounds like... It's a little boring. But if you're you're a music nerd, then you could get, you know, during the day, you might get a couple little instances of of something dope. I got a little bit of music nerd in me. Mm-hmm. But only a few people know that because I can't I usually have these type of conversations with super music nerds. Right. Right. So they always teach me and they know more. But for me, with the average person, you'll be surprised, like if I'm, you know, talking to you about music like that, because I didn't right. I, I actually I majored in fine arts in college. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm a fine arts major. So like I did like. Art history, music, but people don't know that. They, right. You have to sit there and be like, this piece of art at the Metropolitan is, no, right. I'm not doing all that. <laughs> it's not I as like fun. The little quick, I like the little quick English <laughs> accent that you went into. With, I'm with horrible at it. <laughs> I'm horrible at it. So, okay, so, cause, because I, I always ask, you know what I mean, because I'll never know what this feels like. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I, I only ask the people that I know can directly give me an answer because they've lived this experience firsthand. You are a woman mm-hmm. in hip hop, mm-hmm. which is a very you know male dominated field. You know what I'm saying? And y'all have been through y'all ups and downs of not you know, pay pay just in the world in general. But even hip hop is just harder because it's so fucking it's so many dudes. You know what I mean? And it's like. You were at a position of power at a publication that people really cared about. You know what I mean? And and this was prior, bef- you know, because I think a little bit before you came in, you know, when people started to realize how important the source was to, mm-hmm. to their audience and to their credibility, it's like, if y'all ain't taking care of me, 
happen? Who the fuck wrote this shit? Who the fuck is Maddie C? Who the fuck is who the fuck is Riggs? Who the, you know what I mean? I'm about to see this. I'm about to see this motherfucker, John Sheck, the Daddy Reef, whoever these motherfuckers are. You know what I'm saying? That's and how important before, the source was. Yeah. That's how important it was. And I, I, you know, of course, I remember the story about you know Wu running up on a on a, a writer or whatever because whatever they didn't get the right um you know uh review. But for me, <laughs> you know, when I, the first time that I appeared in the Source magazine was the one with Flavor Flav on the cover, right? Oh, that's Flav old, with right? The, Flavor Flav with the clock and the headline was, is, is, is he a joker or a genius? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they, that's when I was in Unsigned Hype and, you know, Before Unsigned Hype. Time. Right, mm-hmm. Unsigned Hype was, you know, the, the column where they told you what was coming next and who you should look mm-hmm. out for. And, you know, I was in the, I'm in the company of people like, you know, Biggie, Common, Mob Deep, you know what I'm saying? So I'm in a, you know, I'm in a good class of, of people, but I remember my mom, and it's, it's so funny, man, because that Biggie line that he said, you know, mom smiles every time my face up in the soil, say, it rang so true to me because... I was very instrumental in, you know, that was that was a big deal. You couldn't go viral. There was no going viral back then. Right. But if you but if cats went to the Sam Goody or the Tower Records or the Willie's Records or the mall, wherever, and they picked up that magazine and saw me in it in my hood, that meant something. That meant yeah. my name was bigger than just in this area. I was doing something right. right. So what was it like when you first started there? Because when you first started there, of course, I think it was it was uh, Benzino and uh, and Dave Mays mm-hmm. was in control of the magazine. Well, for um, me, it was always Benzino and Dave Mays in control. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody else had, had rolled out. Had by gone. Then. Yep. So when you got there, you know, Kim Osario from, mm-hmm. from Castle Hill BX mm-hmm. is now at the most important publication Mm-hmm. publication in hip hop. What was that like for you when you was like, okay, I'm here and I'm going to be able to do some things that's going to affect the culture in the way oh, that I, so I want to. I was so happy. First of all, I have to say that I, I came from XXL. Okay. People, a lot of people don't know that because I was only there a month. Right. I got that job as a lifestyle editor. Elliot gave me that job. Um, and he had just left the source. And I used to write under Elliot. I used to write under Elliot. I never Carlito. knew Elliot was even at the source. I it, never knew that. This when is Elliot coming on here? He there's stories from, from from his time at the source. I never knew he was at the source. I mean, a lot of prominent editors who were at the source have very public situations about, you know, that weren't like they didn't leave under great circumstances. Right. Right. So a lot like, of people didn't leave under great circumstances. Right. So like everybody was like, I'm leaving. Ah, it's like, you don't want to go. Right. It's like, I'm, I'm not, going, not without a fight. <laughs> it's right. the only job that we had really where it was right. like, there was never no graceful bow out of the source. I mean, maybe Carlito kind of did it in a, in a good way. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of people left with, you Bones. know, a, a bang. 
a walkout, yeah. a staff walkout. A, right. You know, we was because <laughs> because you know we get the magazine every month and we enjoy. It. I used to buy two copies of the Source. I still have them in storage, like pristine uh, yeah. condition. So we got the magazine every month and we had no clue what it went to make that episode happen. Right. Y'all were in there tooth and nail. Yo, yo, you only arguing. gave him what? Like arguing. Tears. So every week, mm-hmm. every day, y'all were in there tooth and nail fighting against each other for what to have an amazing in. issue every month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't wait on the subscription. I had to go get that shit. Like I I didn't want to get it two weeks after it was on newsstands. I needed to have it as soon as it dropped. Came out, yep. So what was it like during those days when y'all were in there going ham? It was great. I mean, look, in retrospect, it was the best job I ever had. Right. You know, it was the most memorable job. It was you know the one where I think. Well, the one attached to my name more than any job. Like, it doesn't matter how many shows I do these days. I, I'm like, damn, I ain't doing enough because I'm still Kim from the source. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I leave it like, here's Kim, the former editor-in-chief of the source. I left the source in 2005. And then I wow. went back, you know, and, and I went under Londell in 2012, 13. But still, it wasn't like that, those glory that first days. run, right. That first it's like run. Like Jordan coming back, but it won't the same. It wasn't the same, especially... Because the source was at its height during my first tenure. Like, we yes. were the number one Untouchable. magazine on newsstands, period. I think above, yeah. like, all the other music yeah. magazines, not yeah. just hip-hop. So, you know, it was a, a very special time in hip-hop in my life, you know. And so I look back at that, and I, I have really good memories. Although a lot of that stuff has been obviously talked about with the case, you know. Right. I'm 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 so far beyond that right. these days. Right. I've been through so much, so many other things that now I'm like, yeah, lawsuit. Yeah, that was a blip. That was a, it that wasn't was a nothing. Blip. Yeah. Right. So you know that's that's a big part of who I am and a big part of my history. And I'm grateful that I had that experience. You know, when I got there, I mean, we were popping. Source was spending money. People were like, you know, we had jewelry. <laughs> we had the source. I got the bracelet. I should have brought it downstairs. The, the, the source bracelet that you get when you're like officially a part of the family. You wow, know, like Rockefeller the, chains. Yeah, they had the source chain. I had the bracelet because the girls got the bracelet. The guys got the chain. Wow. Um, You know, so it was, you know, like being a part of a family. And and obviously with that came, and, and, and in the time in hip hop, right? Like people yes. would... There's stories about people, as you already referenced, rolling up to the source. Yeah. Like, that's how much those reviews meant, right? So if you got a bad review in the magazine, it's like you knew you might have to answer to someone, right? Because you might not sell no records. You might get dropped. Like, the company right. might be like, yo, the source said this shit ain't it. You told us it was it. We thought it was it. We paid for your video. We paid for your budget. This shit just came out. The sales is the not rating looking. Was, yeah. And the rating ain't bad. Point. It ain't it. It was on point. Because you trusted the source. The source was a yes. trusted opinion. Right? Yes. You didn't trust pe- other publications the way you trusted. Oh, the source said that's five mics. It must be, it must you know, be incredible. Right. So, for us, as writers... You know, we knew, and that was part of the 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 editing process, right? Like you kind of, 
the editors were very rigorous, right? Like, okay, no, sending it back to you. Like, what's wrong with the album? I'm like, I love it. It's great. Here's my review. No, no, no. Your your article isn't critical enough because it was a critical analysis. And I had come mm-hmm. out of Muse where we were trying to sell the records. So I was right. used to writing positive reviews. Think, right, right, right. You know, I wouldn't say something negative about it because if I'm yeah, to nobody's sell it. gonna right. If nobody's gonna pull up and go in Sam Goody and read something bad about a Mob Deep album, yeah. then go buy it. I need to. It, I learned. I had to learn how to write critically at the source, right? And that's you know that could be problematic for writers, mm-hmm. especially writers like me, who I'm going to the club on Wednesday. Right, they're gonna <laughs> see me. They're gonna so see they me. So they might be like, "Wait, that's that little girl that wrote." That wrote that review about me? Oh, I'm saying something to her. Right. You know? Yeah, it's so. like, yo, you know what I mean? So let me let me tell you how, how embedded that magazine was in my life, right? Mm-hmm. I DJ. I DJ now, right? Mm-hmm. In the pandemic, we were all forced to DJ online and you know, we bedroom DJs. And I used to take Source Magazine covers, screenshots of Source Magazine covers. And when I was playing Boom Bap Hip Hop or 90s Hip Hop, if if I wanted you to know that this is going to be a hip hop set today, I'm playing two hours of classic hip hop. It's going to be some Tribe, some Woo, mm-hmm. some Nas, some Biggie. It would be, I had a slideshow of Source Magazine covers just behind me while I was DJing. And the nostalgia that it would give people. Yeah. Like, yo, I ain't seen that cover in forever. Oh, mm-hmm. shit, that was the cover after Biggie passed with, mm-hmm. with the now what, with the goal. Like, yo, that's crazy. Have you ever had to deal with an artist? Have you personally ever had to deal mm-hmm. with an artist taking a review personal? And, and you All don't have to say who, but I'm just saying. All the All time. The time? When I got to be the editor-in-chief, it was a conversation that I found myself having. And I think as the editor-in-chief, I was more equipped to handle those conversations, right? Because mm-hmm. I knew this is a review, this is a committee, this is a five-mic committee, you know, a, it ain't a few just one people person. have voted. Right. right, right. So we took that seriously. So as the editor-in-chief, I was prepared to have those conversations. When I was writing as a freelance writer... If my name was attached to a negative review, I was, you know, artists didn't know. So, I I mean, I wrote a review for an album that got two and a half mics once. And although... God see, damn, you said, I don't damn, remember who that on. happened. Hold I'm on. trying to remember, okay. Two and a half mics was translated back then, I think, as average. Right? Average. Not whack. It's average. But it became a point at, at the source where if you didn't get four mics, you was insulted. Right? And that's I, that's a lot of rappers I, for you, I right? I got three and a half. Which meant dope, right? Just saying I got three and a half, Kim. But Just was saying. it a dope? On God. You know what I mean? I'm still, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? I want my hat now, I'm playing. <laughs> so three was good. I think three and a half was dope. I think four was... um. 4.5 was superior and, and five, 5 was, was classic. classic. I forgot yes. what 4 was, right? 4 might have been great. Great, mm-hmm. superior, classic. Like, right. look at all this wonderful stuff we're giving out here. Like, you, right. But on a scale of 1 to 5, artists didn't read it that way, right? So it's like 3.5, it's like, wait a minute, I made a classic. 
You know, I had so many people who would submit their albums and be like, this is a classic. This is a five mic album. So I got used to picking up the phone. Hello, I got a five mic album. Okay. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We got to hear it. And when I was just a freelancer, I wasn't even a part of those conversations with people. Mm -hmm. But once you got editor in chief, you in every, every conversation. Everything that goes on every page got to go by you. But I have more problems as a freelancer because when you look at the mic rating, written by whoever is right by the mic rating. Mm -hmm. So forget about the fact that there's an editor-in-chief, there's a music editor, there's, you know, four or five people in the music department that are are rating this out. Your name is by it. So my name was by a two and a half mic album of an artist who was very big at the time. You know? Is that the least that anyone's ever got? Because I've never heard of nobody getting one mic. (laughs) It's two and a half. Gotta be the lowest I've ever heard in my life. That that went to print? It means average. They voted on that. People voted on that. Two, a two and a half mic album went. You mean to tell me if I went and dug up my storage and looked through all my magazines, I could find an album that got a two and a half? Yes, you can. You probably find wow. a couple. But this particular Dang. album was on a Y'all very did Dylon, Dylon dirty label. <laughs> oh! So this album... What at, at a very important time in that artist's it was a sophomore jinx, and that I believe that's how I, I started the album. Mm-hmm. I talked about the sophomore jinx because remember that what right. that was back then? We used to use yeah, that term. Your second all the time. album, you got to do oh, it again, al- right? Because you're coming off of like your best work, this, this great platinum album. Okay, I'm giving up too many details anyway. So at the time, I was in law school and I'm coming out of a break for studying like for a bar review course, right? And I had one of those big gray flip phone flip phones and mm-hmm. I see this phone number that is like it's a crazy number with a bunch of zeros in it. it looked like an office number. It was mm-hmm. like a 9004000. So for some reason I thought it was important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> this way before spam and, and scam so like, likely and shit. Hello? And the artist says is this kim and i said yeah this is kim and the artist had a very distinct voice right now one of the things that we used to do at the source that a lot of people don't know is that we used to prank call each other in the office and pretend to be artists right so there were Okay. I'm gonna blow up Riggs Morales spot because he was Oh, that's running. that's the homie. That's Riggs, the homie, Riggs. Shout Riggs. Riggs used to do some really good voices. You know what I'm saying? On the phone. So, so you could think it could have been a prank. <laughs> Somebody at the office fucking with me today. I thought it was a prank because this artist has a specific voice, right? So I'm DMX. like, who is this? It's DMX. Not DMX. It's okay. not DMX. <laughs> I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I mean, because when I think of specific voices, I think of X. So, okay. so you. I'm on the phone and he's like, is this Kim? You know, and I'm like, yes. Who's that? He tells me who he is. And I'm like, mm-hmm. who is this? Stop playing with me. Stop playing with my phone. And he was like, you wrote that review about my record? Oh. And I said, yeah. Oh, you think that's funny? And I said, no, I don't think it's funny. 
think it's honest. <laughs> you know? That's what I, I felt. I might have said, I have a very weird sense of humor. So I might have said, I don't think it's funny. And then laughed. I don't know. And he was like, oh, God. Well, would it be funny if I had some girl standing outside your building when you got home? By the way, me and this artist have since spoke. We've done articles. Great artists. Right. So I'm like, and this is, I'm not even at the source. And I'm like, what? Like, threatening me? You know what I mean? So anyway, the call went on. I hung up the phone. I went back to my class. I went home. I called the editors. I told the editors that this particular artist had called my phone and had said they were going to, you know, do something or whatever. Wow. Then I went to sleep. When I woke up, my car outside was sitting on four flats. <laughs> Stop playing. Slash. Stop playing. I ain't run over no nail. The tires were slashed. All four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the day after this person called you. And people knew where I lived. People knew where I lived because people had been to my house. Like, you know, I had a lot of affiliations back then. So I had, you know, a lot of friends. I lived with my girlfriend at the time. You know, people knew Kim and Tia. You know, they live in that building right there. So. Wow. What kind of car was it? How did your car? It was a Toyota Camry. (laughs) Yo, they did the Camry. They violated the Camry? Yeah, the Camry. The Camry got violated. I had to change my time. And it wasn't and you you know, not a coincidence. You probably think that it had something to do with, with that review. It was Damn. the next day after he called me. But I can't, you know, what am I do? I didn't do anything about right, it. I changed yeah. my tires. I was like, whatever. You kept it moving. Yeah, that's oh that that's your threat. <laughs> wow. Oh, write another review. <laughs> no. Wow. Let me stop. <laughs> no, but you know, it's like so prank could calls. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah, I know you had to be mad about. I was that. mad that morning. I was mad that morning. God, I didn't have no money back then. I had to change them tires myself. Damn. Yeah. Where, where was the men at? Where was the men from the source at? Ain't no woman supposed to be changing her own tires. Hey, fuck is, fuck is wrong with y'all? I need some gentlemen in the world. I change my tire. I do it all. I change my tires. I, 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 I'm glad that oil. you know how to, but you shouldn't have to. Especially I not. I think yo, everyone if thought it was if, funny. If your second album was was doodoo juice, then it just was. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you gonna have to eat that shit. My second yeah, album was doodoo songs. juice. It was average. It was two and a half mics. It was average. Yeah, hey Kim, I I can in the '90s. Let me just say. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, and I knew who you were. I knew who Kim Osario was. If I got two and a half albums, if I got two and a half mics, right. and I live in New York, I'm in Virginia, so I'm not just going to see you at the mall right. or coming out <laughs> of the building. I'm not. I'm in Virginia at that time. But if I live in New York, and you gave me two and a half mics in the 90s. You were coming to see me? I wouldn't have flattened your tires, but I might have been like, yo, Kim, like, can we talk? Can I pull you? Yo, ma, yo, come let me holler at you, Oh, I got ma. screamed on. I've got screamed on it at clubs. I had people walk up on me at a club and be like, you know you was wrong. You was hating when you did that. I was hating. I, I just would have sent you Good some job. flowers. I'd have sent you some flowers, a nice tennis bracelet or something before my <laughs> shit came out. So you'd have been like, oh, he's such a nice guy. This album is mid, but he's a nice guy. Like I got a couple of gifts too. 
That's yeah. bad. It's kind of like that sounds like payola though. I can't nah, say that. I'm right? just saying. I've seen you some flowers. <laughs> Like, yo, just don't do me dirty. Like, I ain't saying say I got an Illmatic, but don't don't give me one mic. Listen. It's important. That some, was important back then. I prefer getting stuff after the fact as like an appreciation. Yeah, I get it. Because then you you got to think about, damn, you doing this because you, you, I know your project coming up or your artist about to come out. Right. You don't want me to do it. I got I got an artistic integrity that I got to keep. You know right. what I'm saying? Before, before the source went, you know, the other way that it went. You right. still had an artistic integrity to uphold. I get it. I, I did. I did. And I, you know, but I, you know, I look back at that stuff. It was So was that was the fun. confession? Was that the hip hop confession? Can I use that? I mean, you can if you have, because I didn't officially ask you, but that was a good one though. <laughs> okay. So let's go. Good one. All right. All right. Let's go. You got one. You got another one. This it is hip hop confessions? confessions. I mean, I'm just asking. Oh, you know what? You I got a question. question. I got a question I mm-hmm. want to ask you. And this, okay, this is just for the, the hip-hop nerd in me. Okay. In your opinion, mm-hmm. most iconic source cover ever. What, in your opinion, I got two questions. That's the first one. Mm. What, in your opinion, what was the most iconic source cover ever? The Wu symbol. Just the red and black one. Mm-hmm. Whew, I remember that. I remember that. That that one, that one, I have a lot, right? These are all before me, right? Before I got there. They're very memorable. Visually, there were so many that I could say, oh, this is my favorite visual cover, you know, Mm -hmm. statement. But for the timing, right? Mm -hmm. And I love the Wu symbol and I love the, um, the now what? The Biggie. Biggie. Biggie after Biggie passed. And the now, Biggie with the Twin Towers in, yeah, in hindsight. Course, in hindsight. Because of what, you know, what it meant. What it means yes. now. Yes. So those are those are big for me. But Wu symbol because it's like in dealing with the source and artists and understanding like how powerful hip hop is, right? So just to have a symbol on the cover, a logo. Yeah. And for it to mean so much. You didn't, all you need was that. I've always said that's the most recognizable hip hop logo in the history of hip hop, period. Mm-hmm. And, and people argue all oh, skills, Def Jam, all oh, the needle, the you know, da, 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 bad boy. I said, bro, that symbol is so simple. Is so simple, mm-hmm. and it's so recognizable. And I've never, I Run DMC those skills. I said, but bro, I took the Run DMC logo and made it my own. Most Def mm-hmm. made the Run DMC go. You can't make the the Wu logo your own. Mm-hmm. It's it's them. And mm-hmm. I've never seen somebody change it to an M for Method Man. <laughs> change it to a G for Genius. <laughs> like change it to a D for Deck. Like that Wu. It's the most recognizable hip hop logo in the history of hip hop. Period. It's mm-hmm. it's non debatable. And it says something that you could have, back then, put a logo on a cover. And, and you had, could make mm-hmm. it with your hands. People can stand <laughs> up and put it in. Like, it, it, it's, it's just, yeah. God. It's, uh, shout, to, shout to mathematics, man, for making that. You know what I mean? You know, it, it's like, I, I like to keep things simple and yeah. clear, right? Yes. If you want a message, like, I'm totally into words and the power of words. And the power Mm -hmm. that we can get across with our story, right? So to me, it's everything. 
just to have something so simple say so much. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my next question, and it's Uh-oh. still dealing with covers. No, no, no. It's just dealing with covers. Okay, good. It's easy. Like, and I don't know if it happened during your tenure or if you mm-hmm. might have history of when it happened. But what was the best-selling cover in the history of the Source magazine? Because oh, I, I, ha- I have what I think is the top-selling cover, but I don't know if it was, but I always wanted to know if it was. I think that the Rockefeller mm-hmm. cover was the best-selling Source magazine ever. I don't know if I'm right or if I'm wrong. You are correct. Oh, you win. Oh, yes. enter yes. applause. <laughs> so that was the biggest selling. Yep. <sighs> that was, that was the, I w- it was right as I was getting the editor in chief job. It was like one of my crowning moments because Jay-Z mm. hadn't been on the cover of the magazine um, in years because mm-hmm. he had an issue with the source. Right. And so it was getting that Rockefeller cover and it was a, it was two covers. It was a split cover. Yep. Remember, you had like Jay Dame, and then you had Beans and Bleak on one cover. Yep. yep. Right. I got both of them. Yep. It was a split yeah. split cover. Damn. So that was the biggest selling one. That's crazy. Yep. Some of the more iconic ones I remember is uh, Dr. Dre with the with the gun. With the gun. Well, that was Dr. before Dre my time. Said, Dr. Dre puts his head out. Ice yep. T with the gang with the gang members with the signs at the bottom yep. of them. Um. Yeah, man, it is so many. The woo, Red man with the tissue in his nose. Yeah, right? yeah, Red man, Flav, mm-hmm. Kid and Play. You know what I mean? Like KRS One. Yeah. Yes. Ice Cube with the with the with the fro and the pig. The uh, Black Thought, Most Deaf, and Pharaoh Monch was a oh, good right. one. That was a very um, good one. Wow. And these are covers. Interesting. These are all covers that came before I got there. So I got to the source. As a job, right? I was writing for the source before then, but it was it was two thousand, mm-hmm. January two thousand, right? The first thing I think I did the Wu Tang cover when they were coming back out. So I did the I wrote that story. Then I got the job there, and then the South was running hip hop. So a lot of my covers were Southern hip hop covers. Outkast, Ludacris. Right. Yeah, so it was you, a lot yeah, of ghetto boys. Yeah. Yeah. So we did a lot, you know, but you know, that Rockefeller cover was still that was the top seller. We did the Murder Inc. cover. We did Ja Rule mm-hmm. uh, yeah, ja a number of times. times. Right. Yeah. And then and then uh we did that famous Eminem cover. Yeah, I remember that. I still had it too. Is that the one we had the black eye and the, the, the uh like he was fighting? The story I wrote. Yeah. I, that I was, was a, in I was in that issue. Were you? My name is on the cover. Like my name is like you know as a you know I think as I like get from Goody Mob, uh, Master Ace, Skills. My name is on that cover. It was like 2004, right? When we had them tapes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. The big yeah. So that yeah. was like a big time at the Source so did, magazine. Did you do any? Did you do any interviews yourself, or was that like were there other people that did them? Do you, do you have any historical interviews that you did? Oh, I did a few interviews. I loved to write. I always wanted to write. So a lot of times, you know, not every month, but I would write, you know, certain stories, mm-hmm. cover stories, right? Um, I've done a lot. I got interviewed. You probably you probably interviewed everybody. Probably. I got interview tapes here. Wait, those are the tapes? 
These are Kim, some stop of the tapes. playing with me. Yep. You still These have interview tapes. tapes? Yep. Little C's. Hold on. Who's this say? Funk Flex. Like, I did a lot. Carl Thomas. Look at this. The Lost Boys. Remember wow. that? Sporty Thieves. Look. Yeah, Lala, Lala, then you interviewed <laughs> 40 seeds. They only had one Lord right. Lord Tariq and Peter Guns right here. Oh, wow. You know, I'm sure I got Foxy. I'm sure I got Fox. Um, Who else is in here? Are there any good moments in those Yeah, let's Q-tip. Wu-Tang, hey. all that. Are there any good moments in those tapes? There's any memorable moments? moments? There's, a, You know, I was... I was um, I was listening to some of them a couple of years ago, and I remember you, the the audio is not great, right? Because mm -hmm. it's this mini cassette, and like right. I can really hear. And I was listening to an interview I was doing with RZA, and mm -hmm. it's so funny too. I have, a, look, here's hip hop. I have, I have stories. I do. I you got do a hip hop confet? Okay, we listen. So these actually here. Listen to this. I didn't even think about this, right? These these little mini cassettes that I used to tape my interviews on. Mm -hmm. The reason why I started carrying one Yeah, of why do you now, have those in 2022, Kim? Oh, the, you got a player. I had to... Yeah. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about this stupid little thing here. Let me tell you about this stupid little thing here. Right. As a writer back then, right, you had to record your interviews. But usually right. you had your interviews set up. Mm -hmm. I remember... In like 96 or 97, I was working at BMG Distribution. Like I was back and forth. I had this job, right? Because I, I had, a, when I, even when I was working at Muse, I had like gone back to BMG. And do you, do you know Quanzilla? No, the name sounds familiar though. Quan used to work at Loud Records, okay. right? So Quan was my friend. He used to work at Loud Records. I was writing for... Different publications. I was freelancing. I hadn't been. To, I hadn't written for the source yet. That was mm -hmm. why I wanted to write for. You know, I wanted to write right. for the source. And Wu Tang had just dropped their second album. Now, mm -hmm. if you remember the hype behind their second album, yeah, big and deal. how crazy it was, billboards in Times Square, million dollar it was video, huge, crazy, right? Millions, millions dollar. Or was that the third album? But anyway. A crazy budget, everything. And so I had a friend at Loud Records. So Quan tells me, I can get you a Wu-Tang interview, right? I was in the building. The clan was on another floor doing mm -hmm. press interviews, right? Gotcha. So here I am. And at the time, like, I'm, like, dressed. Like, I got this long, old, frumpy-looking dress. Like, not the Kim that I... Right, get right. Ready. Right. I was working, you know what I'm saying? At the time, I was extra heavy. Before I had lost weight, I go up and down. So I'm like looking like a rap nerd for real, right? Like mm -hmm. all dressed up in this dress. And he's like, come on, come on, come on. I'm going to take you in the, in the conference room. You could do, I'm going to get you a Wu-Tang interview, right? Because he knew that I wanted to write for the source. Right. So if I land a Wu-Tang interview I'm good. at this time. I'm good. Hey, I'm good. I'm straight. I can pitch this to magazines and... So here I am, Kim Osorio, but nobody knows who I am. Right. I come off the elevator. I meet him at the elevator. He's like, the, I look in the conference room, and they're all in the conference room. Ghostface is getting a shape up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like They got money. Sh 
champagne on the table, all types right. of pizza boxes, like exclusive custom Nikes. Like I just, it was just so colorful in the conference right. room, right? Mm -hmm. So it's intimidating for somebody like me. So I'm standing outside the conference. He's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to get you this interview, right? So he goes in the conference room. I see him pollying. Don't no one look like, I see people looking at me. Like, why is she standing there? No one looks right. like they want to come out and talk to me. But I'm just standing there. So he convinces Inspector Deck to come out, right? So now this is, at the time... They had put out their first album, but like, you know, Meth had a sol solo album. Yeah, everybody popped You know, Ghost, right? But Dirty. Inspector Deck hadn't been, you know, he hadn't come out yet. So I get, he agreed to come do the interview. So he comes out of the conference room, right? And, you know, he introduced, uh, Quan introduces him to me. Like, Deck, this is Kim. She's a writer. She's going to do an interview on you. So I'm there and I'm nervous. I have no questions prepared. I'm just going to wow. wing it, right? right? I'm like, I'm going to get my Wu-Tang interview. Right. right. And I said, okay. He was like, all right, uh, you ready to go? And I said, yeah. And he looked at me and he said, where's your tape recorder? <laughs> and wow. I ain't had no tape recorder. And I said, Shit. I don't have one. He says, so how are you going to do an interview? And I said, I'm going to remember and write it down. <laughs> he said, no, nah, I'm not doing no interview. <laughs> and he walked away. Right. Wow. And I was crushed like, damn, there was my opportunity. Right. That was it. After that, you wasn't getting Ghostface one coming out, Rick. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. Like, she ain't even, like, yo, shorty outside ain't even ready. got a tape, ain't got no tape recorder. She ain't no interview. So, because of that, I never went anywhere without one of these after yeah. that. Because I figured you never know who, who you're, you're going to run into and how, that how you're going to let that opportunity yeah. go. Yeah, if you so stay was, ready, you ain't got to get ready. You stay ready. You ain't gotta get ready, and that well, that was a learning lesson for me. Cause he he could gave me a little quote though. He, yeah, he could have, but he didn't. <laughs> I, I wasn't cute enough back then. He could give me a little quote. Wow, man! Could have took crazy. that little quote and sold it. Yeah, you know, it was a big time, but they were just about to drop that second album. Try it was. It's you know? funny. It, it reminds me of a confession that a good friend of mine, uh, Lonnie B, had on the on the podcast where he was at the um. The Mix Show Power Summit. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like Renee McLean and all the I I, mm -hmm. I forgot where they was, but been drinking all day, you know what I'm saying? Just on the boat, you know what I mean? Drinking, ciphering, you know what I'm saying, just rubbing it up with industry and likes. And he's he's a big Wu Tang fan. And he walked into a room and he saw um Jizza. Mm -hmm. So he like, yo, I'm a low-key guy. I don't say much. I don't really talk much. You know what I'm saying? But yo, I'm such a big Wu fan. Jizzle right there. The room is kind of relaxed. Everybody just kind of just kicking it. I got to go tell them how, how much I rock with them. I go over there and I just say, yo, man, what's up, man? Told him his name. He's like, yo, but I brought a big fan, man, since like the cold, chilling days. You know what I'm saying? Words from the genius. You know what I'm saying? Like all of that, man. I appreciate you, man. I love the woo. What y'all doing, man? Like, listen, you you probably one of my top three lyricists, bro. Just just spilling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said he got through the spill. Like, yo, man, you know what I'm saying? Keep doing your thing. Looking forward to your album, man. Listen, AG, AJs, man, you one of the best, man. And he, the he dude looked at him. The dick, and he looked at him and said, "I'm inspected that." <laughs> he was like, "Oh shit!" See, I knew who he was. I knew who he was. I just couldn't he, get my quote. He said, "I ain't never walked up to no rapper since." <laughs> <laughs> 
Like I could be like, that is method, man. I like, nigga, I don't care. I could see other people going meth, and meth be like, hey, I'm like, nigga, I don't trust myself enough on this liquor to say, how do I know that ain't Rizza? You know what I'm saying? Like he was like, yeah, that's cool and all, but uh, I'm inspected that and left it where it was. Like, I knew where shit. that story was going. Yeah. Hey, my confession. Shit. I got another conf- a Wu Tang confession. I used to um, I re- I went to that album release party. Okay. The Wu Tang album release party, and if you was at, in the industry back then, that's where mm-hmm. you wanted to be, Thanks. right? I believe, and I gotta ask her that I met Angela Yee that night. That's when mm-hmm. I met, and you know me and Angela are good friends. Right. That's where we met. That night, my hair caught on fire. What in the Michael Jackson is going... What happened? I leaned over a candle at the Wu-Tang album release party. I leaned over a candle. I leaned back. And I looked up. And I see this girl running towards me. And I'm like, what the hell? She's just coming. Like, what's going on? Right. And she just started patting my head down. Like, I don't even know who this girl is. I want to tell her thank you if she's out there. Thank you for saving my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But my hair was on fire at the Wu-Tang party. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. Yeah. And that, Embarrassing. And, and, and that, that you know, that rapper you gave two and a half mics to, he could have made that in the punchline. <laughs> Yo, shorty, shorty from the sauce got fire. She know what I mean. <laughs> but this, remember, this is way before I got to the source. <laughs> right, right. So nobody knew who I was right, nobody back then. knew, right? You they, was I was shorty, just the girl whose hair caught on fire that night. Lucky but nobody that was, saw that. That was me. That was, wow. I'm lucky it's not on camera. Imagine these days. Thanks. Yeah, I'm lucky it wasn't on, on camera. camera. Yeah, my That's hair crazy. was on fire, and then some random girl just saved my life. Right, right. It wasn't. It's, it's not the only time my life was saved. I listen. I I don't want to get emotional, but the, I have another story. I'm not giving you too many stories. No, nah, come on, come on. I got. I got time for though? one more. Yes, yes. I got time I, for one I more. I have. I always. It's have probably the most confessions how. I ever had on one episode. Let's go. Is it? Let's go. Oh God. Cause that I don't know when I'm gonna get Kimmy O again. Nah, you know this was. <laughs> That's this like Kimmy. You talk too damn much. I, 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 I waited for this one. What's up? So, so I gotta tell you. Okay, this is a serious story. Okay. This is a serious story. So, right. like I always, I have this story. I call it. I haven't told it publicly, but I have told a few people about okay. the day the lock saved my life. Wow. And and so and so and so, it's a very emotional story to me because I, this was the. I know this to be the worst day of my life. Okay. There was a day that I, I had, it, I, I was done, right? Mm-hmm. Emotionally, mm-hmm. I was broken and I was going through it. Now this goes all the way back to the year I got divorced. This is 2017. Right. And I, I really wasn't feeling it that day. And I've never felt like this before. Mm-hmm. And so this day taught me a lot just about suicide and depression because mm-hmm. I had never seen darkness before this day. Right. And that day I saw darkness. So for me, it was an important... So I had to go to work. I, I was working on a hip-hop honors show, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was a VH1 show. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was uh, doing the script for that show. But because of what I was going through, I was kind of like hiding in the control room. So I didn't mm-hmm. see anybody. 
And I was, my friends were talking me through that day, like, you're going to be okay. You don't need any medication. Like, you're going to be fine, right? I, just, right? I had really had, you know, the night from hell. I hadn't slept. I hadn't eaten. You know, some stuff had happened to me, some right. real shit. So, so I, I, you know, one of my friends said, you need to get something to eat. So the, the food was in the catering, right? So I'm walking on my way to get food, right? Mm -hmm. To get something. And I go in the trailer to get food and I come out. And as I'm walking out right in my direct path is Jadakiss and Styles P, mm -hmm. right? And they on the little cart, you know, when you're about to go to the stage. Right. And they, they're on the car smoking, you know what I'm saying? And I have my sunglasses on, my my eyes. I don't know if they could see, like, I'd been crying all day. And I walk up to the cart. Is it, They're right there. I can't walk by without speaking. So mm -hmm. I walk up and I say, hello. And they, they look at me. I think they could tell something was wrong. And they say, how, you know, how are you, Kim? And I'm talking to them. And I'm like, you know, I'm not. I, and, I, and they were the first people that I had seen in person that I had said, I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not okay. Right? Tears down my face. And they just looked at me. <laughs> Jadakiss said, take some of this. <laughs> he handed me his blunt. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't smoked weed. I don't know how long it's been since I had smoked weed that. But at that point, I didn't know what else to do. It's like, right. just, Jada can say, you got to take some weed. Just take some weed. Yeah, hit the blunt with <laughs> kids. Take the weed. Right. Take the weed. So, I, so I took the weed and I inhaled it. Mm -hmm. And that's like magical weed. It was he, like. Kiss new. Kiss new. <laughs> It was magical weed. <laughs> and Shout I looked at kiss, man. <laughs> Listen, they not said, know they don't have no garbage with hold them. Hold on. Hold on. He looked at me, he said, hit it again. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. So I took it again. And at this time, right? I said I was going through a bad divorce and other things were happening. Mm -hmm. It was around the time. Where he, he had just, just lost, lost his manager. Jay Icepick, right? Mm -hmm. And Styles had just lost someone very mm -hmm. close to him as well. To him right? and his wife, his family. Right. And I'm sitting there, broken over a damn dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I take this weed and I look at them. And Styles says, You can't enjoy the sun unless the rain comes out. <laughs> right? Wow. Mm -hmm. And Jadakiss said, this going to take the edge off. Before he gave me the blood, this going to take the edge off. And it did. And Styles and said, hit it again. <laughs> <laughs> take the air. Take two. And then they drove off in their little cart. And I felt better. Wow. Just That's in that story. moment. That's so But dope, you know what? Man. It's a lesson. You know why? You never know what someone is going through in their life, Right? And the things that you say to them in their moments of darkness can change their perspective. When I went back to the control room, I had to get on PL. I was so fucking high. I was so paranoid that somebody was going to know I was high. You know how you smoke, you get high, you're like, oh, somebody knows I'm high. And that they were going to find out that she is on the PL. Lit. High. Liddy. <laughs> Liddy. That it took my mind off everything I was going through. So That's by the crazy, time the show man. was over, I was like, bitch, you okay. 
Right. You gonna I be know you right. ain't mad. At, I know you ain't mad about a divorce. Right. I know you ain't upset about cheating. You know what I'm saying? Right. That moment changed my perspective because I realized mm-hmm. people know people that go through things. You know what I'm saying? And hey, a little weed don't hurt. Hey man, listen. And kissing them knew they knew what they had was gonna get you right. Take this. They said, hit it again. <laughs> listen. That's listen, the best advice in the world, man. That's so mm-hmm. dope, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you're in a better place. Oh, I'm you in a much better place now. I don't like to tell that story because it's like I was in a dark place. Yeah, nah, it's, yeah, super personal. It's I not as no, fun. No, right, right. But it's real. Yeah, it's, it, real. it's real. It don't it, it this this you know this platform don't always have to be funny yeah. and ha ha like no nah, that's a that's a real moment. Now, next time y'all going through something, y'all get some weed from the locks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I thank you for pulling up, man. This was I appreciate you taking the time out. I know you're thank a busy woman. Thank you for woman. having me. I've thank been wanting you. to get you on for a while. I gotta I gotta call one of my good friends and probably uh, you know, dangle it in his face that I got you on the podcast. He gonna be in his feelings. Like who? You know what I mean? Yeah, because we t- we used to talk about you a lot, um, me and him. So about uh, me? Yeah, yeah. My oh, home, you gotta my tell home me boy. offline. No, I'll tell you right now, my home because <laughs> he probably he gonna listen to this podcast anyway. But uh my homeboy DJ Iron. Iron yeah. is one of the I, there's yeah. five people who know my musical skill. And that's one of them is Iron, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Iron knows about a job I never speak about publicly because remember what I told you I was interning? Right. I was inter that's how I met Iron. I was an intern for this raggedy little bullshit ass record label mm-hmm. that I <laughs> you know that they were horrible. They never paid me. But Iron was someone who would actually listen to the records that I sent him. Yeah, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. Good friend of the podcast. So I'm gonna tell him. He's gonna I'm be gonna tell him I had good. you on. Yeah, yeah. Now nah, that's gonna be dope, man. So good. listen, let people know where they can get you at. What's your social handles? You know what I'm saying? Before we get out of here, let them know what it is. I'm at Kim Osorio One on everything: Instagram, Twitter. That's just Kim Osorio with all O's. Kim Osorio. I know that like people still spell it wrong after all this. Not time. Sicario, Osario. <laughs> Kim Osario one. Got on it. Instagram. Well, thank you. Listen, I appreciate you pulling up. Thank, thank you. you so much. This, this is, is one of the. This is yes. This was fun. This was this was a good vibe. I thank you for coming on. I can't wait thank to have you. you back. Yes. All right. Y'all already know what it is, man. This is your boy Skill signing off for Hip Hop Confessions. Cause everybody got one. Here's a little story that must be told. And it goes a little something like this. this, this, this.